0: Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the fab foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open. Spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash Helping Friendly to learn more. We all know. I was there. I was there. hey everyone this is the helping friendly podcast this is episode 69 part three we're still still we haven't run out of amazing 95 jams um, we're just gonna jump right into the music here we're still with Wade and Josh and Brad and and me um, and we are just gonna keep on rocking straight through so this is um, maybe the best of the three and um, actually yeah it is the best of the three so everyone should just um enjoy it and um, best for last we'll talk to you all in a few
1: two 바바 I said, the coming I said, the Hell is coming Hell is coming I said Hell is coming Hell is coming I said hey, coming. Hell is World. how could you dream that we were all made out of stone? What is the truth? What is the faithful lasting proof? What is the central theme to this everlasting school? Back out my window, break up the chain. It's gotta kind of be easy in those winter snowbanks. It's Cadillac kind of like rainbows and lots of stuff, yeah. And I love you, fall, So you better get ready. part of town I'm going down to the central part of- and the haters But when they I use it on me, I, I reject it What would you do if you ain't my daddy's shoe? How would you say if it was it naturally for you? You, like you? How would you feel if it was naturally a shoe? How would you like to have your thick strawberry goo? Go? I'll take it down, it's a no glorious feeling To make a game different. different, my body is real I can't shine my shoes And I don't get tired It's time to fight and I'm going down To the central part of town I'm going down To the central part of town To the central part of town for fighting is fun. Jump on the turnstile and watch me go round. Sit with the cactus and slow with the stone. I'll try to convey what you try to condone. Would you please make clear to me? I'm peering out through your opacity. Will you rehearse tomorrow's birth? Forgive me if I don't sing in the key I can see the rose gold cap that he wears like a crown. I seen see his like stock. name was with...
2: are back and uh the first song or set of songs you heard was from broom county arena in binghamton new york that was the december 14th haley's into Naiku, into slave um this is it for me uh it's basically encapsulates what i consider fall in december 1995 it's a band that has trimmed all the fat. They were effortless, effortlessly moving from one theme to another. And there's, just, there's no downtime in these jams. Uh, as soon as one band member suggests a new direction, the rest of the band is just right there with them. Um, just a little bit of personal background that, that I just must add. Um, I drove up from Atlanta. I finished my last exam, I think, the day before and a buddy of mine who I've caught many, many fish shows was going to college at uh, Lafayette in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania. Um, so I basically drove up and arrived, um, I want to say two or three hours before it was time for us to leave to the show. And as is the case with many great fish shows, this occurred in the middle of a snowstorm. So we, we literally left... Uh, Easton, Pennsylvania, not sure if this concert was actually going to take place. It was snowing so hard. Um, But we made it to the arena. And, you know, as I said in one of the earlier episodes or the earlier part of this episode, this is the one other place that I will return. And I promised myself I will return um, if Fish ever plays there again. If Fish plays in Binghamton at the Broome County Arena, I'm there because it just means that much to me um so you know back to the music they they get into this haley's jam like immediately after the compose section you know i was thinking back to the short little haley's jam that i had the pleasure of watching with wade and rj at uh mpp back in 2014 you know and it was a two-minute haley's jam um, and it was great but it definitely felt tacked on like they wound the song down and then Trey wanted to keep jamming, so they kind of brought it back up. That's not this. This just, they move so smoothly from the end of the song into the jam. And, and almost right off the bat, Trey strikes up this just beautiful theme. Um, and the rest of the band is just right there. And then Trey speeds that theme up. And the band is just right there, picking up the tempo with him. And you could actually hear, I, I think I hear the Nyku drumbeat um about a minute or two before they actually go into it. But then they kind of return back to this, this new theme and it's dark and it's dense. And, and this, is, this is where, I mean, Paige is basically responding to the notes that Trey is playing and just wailing away in the keys. I mean, he is, he is playing aggressively. This is about as aggressive as you hear Paige. And it's just almost this like call and response and it's so much fed off from Page and Trey and back to Page, And then they move back into uh, into NICU. And, uh, and again, Trey teases the same theme. I mean, I'm sure if you've listened to Live Fish 1, you know, a handful of times, you, you know what this theme is. And not only does he tease it at the beginning of the uh, Naiku intro, but they move right back into it at the end of Naiku. so it's it's this one continuous piece of music which i i just never heard anything like it from fish or or really any other band and what's interesting also is this wasn't really a tour that was known for its segues we'll obviously be talking about one other very important and key segue later on in this uh this section of the podcast but you know, they really it, segues were not a big part of fall of '95. But, but when they did employ the segue, when they did want to, you know, seamlessly move and and bridge two songs, it, it's just it's so natural and it just it just happens just with almost effortlessly. Um, and then what can I say? They wind it down to this beautiful and short, glorious and triumphant uh, page solo, and, and then they cap it off with a slave. And, I mean, is it, is it the best slave that I've ever heard? I don't know. But, I mean, where it fit coming at the end of this, you know, fantastic run of songs and, I mean, really probably the best set of fish that I've ever seen, I, I couldn't have imagined a better end.
3: What did what did oh, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. And uh and I, I love what you wrote in the doc. And uh I love everything you said here and uh and of course the, the theme that emerges uh immediately out of the Haleys. One of the big takeaways for me is the continuation of the uh Trey uh tonality thing. Um as uh, as Fishman does this double time thing, and, and, and it keeps getting faster, Trey starts doing these open chords. And, and when Trey first started doing these guitar player interviews, and these first uh, uh, articles about Trey's rig started coming out, and they said, and it had two Leslie speakers on it. And people were like, well, wait a minute. Those are... Uh, you know, those are for the Hammond organ and in and, and indeed most of the time they are. Trey had two uh that were underneath the stage. Um that were part of his rig that he could access at, at any given time. And a lot a, a lot of the times people are like, well I don't know if that if I've ever really heard that in this this section of music, uh particularly um in the Haleys jam is a great uh it's a great example of how the Leslie speakers played into Trey's um, psychedelic tonality for this tour. Um, beautiful stuff. And uh, uh, throughout this uh and and all the way you know um they keep going back to sort of this almost wipeout jam it's it's uh it's very surfer-esque i mean just you know and then of course you know and this is of course after the insanity that happened before it. um very cool of josh to pick this particular section of uh a uh, you know often heralded set and for all the you know and rightfully so
4: there's, there's not much i can really add to you josh or wade's comments but um i will say that this as we mentioned we tried to keep live fish off here but this is live fish release number one you know it came out in 2001 i think it's awesome that they picked this as the first release uh, for the live fish series um and there's a reason they did it um there's other highlights to the show but as wade mentioned um i think josh picked the best section of the show no doubt about it jonathan also you know talks about this as just psychedelic Divinity, which is awesome, Um, and also kind of kind of goes perfectly with Wade and Josh's comments.
0: Yeah, there's just like a band band completely possessed, insane insanity. And Um, you know,
2: this it's uh, you'll leave some shows, and and there will be different differing opinions, and you know, you'll think, oh, that was pretty good. There was you know this good jam. I mean, I, I turned to my buddy Josh after this show you knew that we had just witnessed just an incredible set of music that was just capped off by this incredible three-song, you know, segue. I mean, it, you just knew. And, you know, we, you discuss very often on this podcast kind of the it moment. And, you know, I had certainly had it moments before this. But, you know, walking out after this show back into the snow in Binghamton, you just knew. You had witnessed a ban just on a whole other level.
4: That's awesome. Yeah, I wanted to mention, actually, I, my second show was the twelve eight ninety five 8 um, Convocation Center in Cleveland. And uh, what is that? About six days earlier from this, exactly. Six days earlier from this. Um, and there was a tremendous snowstorm going on then, too. And it was about an hour and a half drive from Toledo to Cleveland. Um, it wasn't quite the same show, but... Uh, same sort of experience when you've got your your winter gear on and it's snowing you're walking into the arena um and it's hot in there and you're just so excited and when they deliver like they did here it's just that much more on top
0: josh thanks for um comments on that and for ensuring that that's the way we kicked off um part three and then the next song we jumped to the holiday run 1228 the tweezer um from worcester and the um i don't know maybe cuz it comes right after but when i was listening to it it actually sounded like had had some of the same like thematic elements as part of the 1214 jams not the necessarily the the chords or whatever but just kind of the same elements and maybe that gets to your point josh about having them having sort of trimmed the fat and this was just like straightforward just jamming
2: yeah and this is also what happens when they have a holiday tour that follows right on the heels of a long fall tour. I mean, what they had two weeks off between less than two weeks off between the last show in Lake Placid on December 17th. And then 11 days later, they're right back at it in Worcester and it shows, I mean, they're, they're diving right back into these deep thematic jams um, still playing just at an incredibly high level and, you know, incredibly tight, and it shows, you know, I think, I think this show, the, um, that first show in Worcester is kind of overlooked a little bit in light of what comes on the 29th. And then, of course, at Madison Square Garden on the 30th and 31st. But, you know, I really uh, I would definitely suggest if you haven't listened to this full uh, 28th show to go back and listen to it. Uh, the tweezer is a highlight, but there's a lot more there. And uh, you know, as as a whole, I think this holiday run really stacks up against any other holiday run in the history of the band. Yeah, I mean,
3: I think I I think it's the best one. I, I I've been blessed to see, not, you know, I've seen a third, maybe a little over a third of all of them, and uh, and I was only at two. I was only at the first two for this one, but I mean, I just this this the, the, this is this is the the band at its peak and, and you know lest we forget that new years after this you know certainly partying uh you know started to play into things i think this is the most yeah. focused well thought out executed holiday run uh you know only 4 days um and uh it's 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 a vastly under uh Underlooked show here uh, on the twenty eighth in Worcester, and I think this is this is the peak of that show.
0: Wade, oh. Wade tell us yeah. about tell us about twelve twenty nine.
3: Okay, okay, so we're you know everybody's got you know everybody's got their whole you know moment they got it moment you know and everybody you know and 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 I love it's 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 one of my favorite things that I can ask any Fish fan, you know, late night at a campsite, on tour, or, you know, uh, meeting new Fish friends and, and talking about that moment that they got it, and, uh, you know, and this is mine, and this is, um, uh, you know, this is the first time that I uh, really, truly peaked, uh, you know, on LSD, so that that did not hurt, Um the show as a whole, um, fantastic in my mind, without question, the best sit-in uh, in fish history. Jim Stinnett, uh Mike's bass teacher, um, just a, a great show, top to bottom. A, an absolutely dark and seething stash, um, and uh, and here we talk about segues not playing into much of 95 period. And then they started to surface more here in December. Of course, Um, all of the glorious segues uh, from uh, Binghamton. And then this, uh, in my mind, still the greatest segue that I've witnessed. There's been, um, there's contenders of course, for other um, great segues, but this of course we go down as one of the greatest segues in all of fish history and um, and right out right right out of the gin right out of the gates it, it's 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 very intense and uh trey starts the theme and the entire band's backing him up they're comping behind him and it's and it's a truck and fishman's a truck behind him and i hadn't at the time uh, everything was done, of course, by tapes, and so I hadn't got the, the Halloween tapes yet. And I, 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 um, and at 15 years old, I had not, uh, not even heard the Quadrophonia album. So when uh, they began the big open chords to "Real Me," uh, I had no idea what was going on at the time. But it felt, it, I felt it, I felt it all the way down in the, in the pit of my soul. And and the the place started going crazy, and and I knew something was happening. And Fishman started speeding up and speeding up, and and when when they finally got to the real me, um, the place was absolutely electric. And um, and Trey got to the vocals. Of course, I still didn't know what it was until you know weeks after the show. And just into a blistering version of the real me, the only one um, to happen after Halloween and the only one since. And when it comes back, good God, if if I'm not there, I think I may just end it. Um, and then, you know, of course, blistering version of the real me. But this, the moment that I got it, happened as they gradually slowed down on the outro of The Real Me. And it just crawled to the end and went back to the theme in Jin. And it, that right there was, you know, the moment that it, it just, it, it became apparent to me what this band could do at the drop of a dime and that, that, and that slow down to gin, I was like, this is it. This is where I belong. This is, this is what I, for whatever's going to happen with this band is I'm going to follow this band to the, to the end of the earth. And, uh, and I just, that's it. It's the real gin. That's that's it's everything for me.
2: Hearing Wade kind of talk about his it moment. Um, even though I didn't know him back then, I'm glad I got to share it with him, uh, in Worcester 20 years ago now. Um, but it was, (laughs) look, I mean, they were, they were nailing it and it's, it's no surprise that this tour is a tour that, uh, brought so many people on board and just, made this band the band for so many people.
3: Funny side note on this one for the crowd cuz I got I got a little sappy there. So I was so high on LSD, right? Uh, after the show, no idea what to do with myself. We go back my I my parents live, I don't know, like in like like an hour and change away, just just down the pike in Connecticut. So high, when I got home, literally pissed my pants in my room. Like <laughs>
1: So, <laughs> first
3: time I ever pissed my pants, like, since after diapers, just, like, so high. Like, like,
0: but not last. I was like,
3: oh, my God, I need, since the show, pissed my pants in my room, fucking cr- just so that that was <laughs> that was my night in a nutshell. Real chin, pissed my pants. And that that's my it moment. That folks. is
0: amazing. Wow. Well, all right. Well, we can't. I mean, there's, there's. He doesn't
4: cop to knowing real, real me or however you want to say it, right? He's like this. It was just a great experience, and when we're that young, and hey, we're going. To, I got you know,
1: I didn't
2: know the fucking song. Who cares? Right.
4: It's just. It's just. It's just nice. It's refreshing to hear you talk about it. It's really I enjoyed the story.
2: Right. You know. You know what I love also about this version, and and it just kind of shows. I don't know whatever was going on with the band and they had just been you know touring for like two months straight just the way trey's voice cracks and you can kind of hear that i mean he's he's run down he's worn out he's probably battling a cold at this point um i mean just just the energy and the emotion that is pouring out of his voice as he kind of cuts in with the lyrics of real me
1: mm-hmm.
2: um it's just yeah, it's just another incredible portion of that song yeah. Oh, great point to make, dude.
0: Definitely. All right, guys. Well, that was awesome, and thank you, Wade, for sharing that. It, I, I noticed that you said that that was the first time since being out of diapers that you pissed your pants, but you didn't say it was the last time. So, I think that's it.
3: Was not, and I appreciate <laughs> you bringing that up as well, RJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: all right. So, the we have two more tracks uh, to discuss real quick. the 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 next one is the hood from um December 30th. I'm I'm glad you guys chose this. Really just 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 beautiful.
2: I thought we needed a song from each of these four holiday shows and we needed a hood from Fall of 95.
4: Yeah, um, the only hood that we've played so far.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, they they capped off this incredible year with two very very different shows at MSG. Um I was on the floor for this one. Um, and you know, while it doesn't, it doesn't quite reach the heights, of you know, the, the previous night in Worcester or certainly the next night, uh, at MSG, it's a strong show in and of itself. And, and it really, the centerpiece of the show is this hood. It's just, it's a beautiful patient hood. Absolutely. I mean, this, this, uh,
3: this is almost tear inducing time. It's just, uh. And I liken it to that Reba from South Paul. uh, South Paul? What the fuck? uh, From Minnesota. (laughs) Um, And it's just Trey taking the floor and just just soaring, beautiful, creating tension inside of the bliss, breaking the tension, recreating the tension. Ah, just... Trey at his absolute best, and without a, without a doubt, the centerpiece of that show. And it was like they knew. It was like 123095 is like the ultimate setup. It's like, de- like purposefully holding back, knowing exactly what they were going to do the next night. You know, just like, and almost as if the whole year had been leading up to this setup. it was like uh, you couldn't have scripted a year uh, better. Uh, it's almost like an episodic you know series like like television, you know, it's like that cliffhanger that they're, that they're setting up, and this hood is 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 the cutaway of that cliffhanger. To the big finish of the next night and I, and I think this is this is a fantastic um, piece of music for you know if if one of the, the points of this podcast is to get our listeners to go back and and relive these snippets of, of you know either their touring life or things they haven't heard yep. this 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 track this hood is the setup for one of the biggest nights in the band's history
0: awesome yeah yeah and i mean uh, i guess the 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 thing that's tough about the next night i mean i agree i agree wade and i agree about the the next night and you know it was is obviously the 31st was a a live fish release and something that you know is is hard to sum up um and they not just a live fish release obviously the new year's 95 was like a full-on i don't know i don't know what you call it just a release right an album release really
3: I mean, it's on vinyl. I mean, yeah. how many live albums do you put out on?
0: Yeah, Christ. I mean, it makes and it totally makes sense. Um, I the the track I just chose to end us on here was the Runaway Jim from that night because I think it's a good representation of of Fall '95 without getting into some of the, you know, the more kind of epic um jams in this this show, including yeah. like the Drowned and the Mics and the yeah. If you enjoy myself i mean there's there's so much but um never ending I mean, the week of pop for christmas the week of pop me. i mean everyone who's listening if you're still listening um congratulations <laughs> but i would um go listen to this whole whole show but the the runaway Gym is just you know it has some funk it has some driving melodic jam it's just it's a good um good solid solid <laughs> part of an amazing show
3: you know we could have we could have probably just ended with a hood but there's you know you know, obviously there's no denying what happened the next night. And it's of course, it's its own other podcast, it's own other entity. It's its own, you know, uh, yeah. arguably the greatest night in the band's history, you know? So, um, yeah, RJ, this is a good, um, it's, it sums up 95 without, you know, you know, really, uh, and, and, and it's a good microcosm of, uh, the 31st itself too. You know, it's, um, it's it's the total package you know and I uh it's good to go out on a high note here and yeah if you're still listening god bless you thanks we love you out there kiddos we're here for you go back and listen to this stuff we uh we highly recommend it
4: all right so that was that was just great great music you guys thank you so much um, tons of music we had to break it down into three parts and um, we appreciate everybody listening to what you know Josh and wade and Arjun, I feel, are some highlights from 95. Again, these aren't like the end-all, be-all of 95. There's live fish releases we left out. There's the whole you know, New Year's Eve from 95. We didn't play except for the gym. Um, you know, There's plenty of stuff out there, but we hope you enjoyed what we picked and, and talked about. Give us your comments. Give us your feedback anytime. Uh, helping Friendly Podcast at Gmail or at HFPod. You can harass Josh at, at Nola Socks and and Wade at Original Willis and at PFAFN. Um, so let's let's get into the biggest takeaways before we before we head out. You know my my biggest takeaway from all of this is um, it was it's crazy that 20 years have passed. My wife and Kylie and I were talking about it. Like makes you feel old, although we were young, you know, 20 years ago, I guess. But um, we're lucky that we can still listen to them and still go see them and enjoy all of it. Um, to go back and have such a catalog to peruse is is just wonderful. Um, I will not step on Wade's toes and talk about Paige. Um, I'll say that um, I'll say that Trey um, I think was still the clear leader of the band, obviously, but totally different than '93 and '94. And that sticks out 95. They're a whole band. Um, and, um, you know, we're lucky to, to have them, I guess.
1: <laughs>
4: I was sappy. I was sappy.
3: Sip.
0: <laughs> um, Wade, what about you? What's your biggest takeaway going back and revisiting all this music?
3: Uh, my biggest takeaway? Um, yes, obviously, besides um, getting reintroduced to Paige's assertiveness, um, Uh, I think the biggest takeaway for me is that um, just really the nostalgia of bringing me back to the blanks and postage and the, the, you know, just meeting all these lifelong friends and, and, uh, you know, uh, um, it really conjured up all these old feelings, you know. And um, I think i got to give shots out to this wonderful community, um, you know, that was obviously started by Rec Music Fish and, of course, Andy Gatiel's OG fish page and um, everybody doing great things in the community. Now, of course, Scotty B at Jam Bass, Dave O at the helm over there, who also, you know, Scotty B also does Blog. We also, you know, obviously we have Zach who does, you know, the Baby's Mouth. We have uh, the Coventry Music guys. Um, You know, if I forget to mention you, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's not for lack of the love of what you guys do. Uh, it takes a village, and um, it's, it's just wonderful to have so many inspired people across the community keeping fish alive, keeping intelligent discussion uh, of fish alive. So thank you to all the bloggers, tweeters, scensters, groupies, dealers, wookies. we love you.
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Dealers and wookies, Josh. Josh, what about you? What's your biggest takeaway going back to all this?
2: That that's a tough act to follow. It but, is. Um, you know, my takeaway is is going back and listening to '95, which it was the year that I saw fish the most, and still is. Um, and and it was really, you know, for me the that kind of my peak listening experience. Um, and they were just so so on that year. But then I also just just kind of take it forward and here we are 20 years later and somehow, remarkably, I'm as engaged, if not more engaged with this band and their music and the scene and their fans than I have ever been. And, And I never would have imagined that back when I was a senior in college, you know, driving around in my beat up old Honda Accord hatchback going to shows in, you know, upstate New York. So, you know, obviously there have been times over the past 20 years where I haven't been as engaged with the band, where, you know, maybe the music that they've been playing hasn't been as uh, interesting to me or as engaging to me. But, you know, we're now 20 years later, and, I mean, what they've played this past summer and you know yes. what i expect they'll be playing you know in the coming years is it's it's just amazing that we're 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 really still following this band and they're still playing at this level that uh who would have expected they'd still be there 20 years later
0: yeah for sure yeah And this was um i mean i guess because we all kind of Josh you saw some shows before this but for Wade and Brad and i this was kind of our intro to fish this year um we had been listening to it before then but but seeing fish in 95 for the first time it's it was always our like the genesis for me but thinking about it in the larger context now 20 years later is is pretty amazing that we hopped on when we did you know and it wasn't because we hopped off dead tour at age 16 you know just it was the luck of the the timing Uh, (laughs) But you know, this is um, it's it's so important to think about this in in the context of the rest of the band's history up to now, you know, and that's um, I, I understand it a lot more and and just to uh, understand it a lot more now, obviously as I do most things. But um, to Wade's point, like people like Wally and 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 Zach and you know a lot of the people he mentioned um, writing about this stuff, Brian Brinkman, um, people who are writing about fish in a way that's making us think a little bit more about the context about the history about the future is um is really pretty cool and i think we have a really good good conversation going about it and this was just another another chapter in that so thank you guys so much for for helping out thanks for having us on i don't think we've had a three-part episode before so thank you guys for for doing it and for um, putting all the time in it's been great thanks wade and thanks josh we will be back again um next week with another episode believe it or not we're going to keep doing this until until something happens um but um just want to again thank josh who's at nola Sox and wade original willis um thank you guys for for joining and thanks everyone for listening send us comments feedback thoughts um we're always trying to make this better and um be responsive so thank you all um and uh, have a good week keep on rocking
4: I was there. I've never been wrong.
1: I used to work in the record store. I everything before I knew I was there. The Paradise Garage DJ booth.